welcome to To Inspire Health and Fitness Magazine show. I am Dennis Postema, your host, and today we have a very special guest, IFBB Pro, Ann Titoni. And uh, Ann has competed and is a six-time figure pro champion. A five, five different times she's been to the Olympia, placing fourth in 2014. Currently, now that you're retired or retired from that aspect, she's co-owner of The Dungeon. Uh, she does personal training and helps people do posings for their presentations. And now you currently are an IFBB judge and an MPC judge. Welcome, Ann. We are so excited to have you here. It's a, it's a big honor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Again, I'm truly honored that you have asked me to do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are very excited to have you here. Um, so obviously you've been one of the neatest things, you know, figuring out your story and going through it. I'm big. I have a book on stories of perseverance and I've been through a lot of health issues. You've been through a lot of issues due to things that have happened in your life. But what we want to start with is let's, let's hear your story. How did you get from um, never working out as far as not being a, into fitness and where you started at 17, how your life changed? Can we start there and kind of go into the process? Sure. And you may have to interrupt me because once I get on a roll, I just go. So if you have to interrupt me, please feel free. No problem. No problem. I was uh, 17 years old and I played basketball, if you want to call it that, in high school. I, I wasn't any good. Um, and a week before our very first game, I was actually in a head-on uh, collision car accident. Um, and... Um, this car accident uh, was extremely life-threatening. Um, again, it was a head-on collision. Um, I was on my way to school, and uh, I don't really remember anything that happened. Um, and, and that's not for lack of trying. I, I went to several hypnotists to see if, and therapists to try to draw back that memory. But apparently, your mind just kind of shuts down traumatic things. And so I don't remember anything. I remember the night before my dad yelled at me because I didn't have a radio in my car. So I put one of those little box radios okay. and his exact words to me were, Anne-Marie, if you don't take that out of your car and if you ever get into a car accident, it's, it could quite, it could hit you and hurt you. Oh and gosh. so, yeah, that kind of resonates with me. And then, uh, I remember a few weeks prior to that, um, I was riding with my best friend down the same highway and we were talking about our biggest fears. And again, I was like 17 years old. So yeah. at that time, my biggest fear was that I, something would happen to me and I would be in the hospital known as a Jane Doe and no one would know who I was. And initially uh, after the accident, when I was flown to um, St. Louis University, my prescriptions were Jane Doe. Um, oh my goodness. So it's things like that that really resonate with me that... Um, Scary during know, reflection, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just kind of weird how that, that comes about. But um, so I was in a car accident. Um, in this car accident, I broke, I had a compound fractured femur bone. So it came up and out of my hip. Um, I dislocated one side of my hip. I fractured the other. Um, I broke several ribs, uh, one of which punctured my lung. Uh, I had a lacerated spleen, uh, spleen, excuse me. Uh, one side of my jaw was broke, the other side was dislocated. Um, so there was a, a lot of things, and I was in a coma. Oh my God. Um, I was in a uh, accident 
induced coma, but then because my my injuries were so bad, there was a point that they actually kept me under. They they kept me in a medical coma. Um, so it was a total of about two weeks. Okay, two weeks. Okay, wow. Um, I came out of the coma and uh, did rehabilitation and physical therapy. I had to learn to put, you know, just shapes together. Um, occupational therapy, I did physical therapy. Um, and I will tell you this, that physical therapists don't get enough acknowledgement. Okay. To this day, I don't, I don't remember what her last name was, but her first name was Vicki. And the encouragement that she kept, she gave to me was amazing you know and, and motivating and absolutely absolutely so i feel like uh physical therapists don't get enough recognition for the work that they do and you're probably lives. right that's probably a really good point at what yeah. point i mean that's that's a great point and that's you, you always want to give credit to those people who changed your life absolutely you never know when an angel's coming along and in what form Amen. and they because they told your parents right that you know if you survive which was unlikely Right. It wasn't going to be, what, what exactly did they tell you? Well, um, so I was arch helicoptered. They had to use the jaws of life. I don't know if you know what that is, but Absolutely. they go and they rip off the top of your car and pull you out. Um, and I was arch helicoptered to St. Louis University. After being there for a few hours, they had the priest come in and gather my parents and tell them that their daughter wasn't going to make it through the night. And if she did, um, you know, she, I played basketball, so I wasn't going to play basketball anymore, you know, um, that I would have to have a lot of assistance in anything that I did um, because of the brain trauma. Um, there was a lot of swelling on my brain, apparently, because when you have that much of an impact, your brain just sits in water. So when it slushes forward and it gets such an impact like that, that's where a lot of the damage could come from. Um, but my parents have very great faith. Yeah. Uh, my mom, you know, spent many, many, many hours, I'm sure, in prayer and solitude. And um, it wasn't my time to go. Yeah. I was, I'm, I'm here for a reason. So. Yeah, different plans. That's great. Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah. What, what point do you remember during your physical therapy? Um, what point do you remember, like, do you rem like, what's your first memory, I guess, after waking up? Oh, you know, into I mean, that process? it's just bits and pieces you know i can remember um i i don't i was in a wheelchair bound and here's another odd thing my parents built a house um my junior year of high school okay they built the house um based on them getting old and being in a wheelchair when they get older Oh my gosh. And a year after their house is built, their daughter comes home in a wheelchair at the age of 17. So, oh I, you know, um, I, you know, I just remember just trying to get up from the chair, just the, you know, um, the flexibility things, the activities that we would do. Um, again, it's like just flashes of different things. I can remember sitting in a chair and literally having shapes in my hand and trying to put a triangle into a triangle hole or a square into you know um things like that i have flashbacks of i have a flashback of it was like a hospital outing thing it was right okay. before christmas so i went to the mall and um i actually passed out because I, just the excitement of everything i passed out in the store What's going on huh yeah yeah so i remember that 
and I can vaguely remember people coming and seeing me. So, and I was a Bulls fan, so I can um, kind of remember waking up. My mom played the Bulls in the hospital room for me. She played it just continually. And I was a big Michael Jordan fan. So I, I owned like every pair of tennis shoes that he had. And my mom would whisper in my ear, Anne Marie, you have to wake up because we have to go get your Jordans. It's Christmas time. We have to go get your Jordans. So, sorry. <laughs> no, I can really appreciate that. You're around my age group. So Michael Jordan, it's, it's yeah. how that happens on these interviews. Everybody else is talking about the new, the new, one, the new people out there playing and everything. And somehow during all my interviews, it goes back to Michael Jordan's. We could spend 45 minutes talking about the shoes. At least For I sure. could. I know. For sure. I mean, and the shoes are great now, but they ain't got nothing back in the day. So. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So special. That was, you know, back when shoes, they didn't have a lot of endorsement deals and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how did, how did you go from going through all of that? I mean, what are next steps to, what's the turning point for you? I mean, at such a young age going through all that, um, sure. and what's the turning point for you to decide, okay, I'm going to do something um, big. I'm going to, you know, go into bodybuilding. I'm going to, where's, where's the turning point? Sure. Well, I met my husband and he was, you know, close to 300 pounds, single digit body fat, you know, this, wow. he was huge, you know, and I come from the country. And so he just didn't have people like that there, you know, right. just walking and, around. Right. Yeah. And he's a little bit older than me. And, uh, we got to talking and, um, we started dating and he was an avid gym person. I was in just decent shape because I was young. You right, know? sure. So, uh, and I had a pretty good metabolism. So um, I, I kind of was inspired to start working out when I met him. And uh, I went to New Lady Fitness. That was my first gym membership and had the pink circuit training thing. Okay. And, uh, and then he was a member at a a gym called World's Gym here in St. Louis, and it was like the bodybuilder gym. Right. So I would go with him, and I'd take the weight off, and you know, be a little eye candy or what have you, I guess. <laughs> and um, and then I just kind of I I didn't really take it serious. Right. But I I it was something that we could do together as a couple. And about the age of I guess, well, we got married, and a few years after getting married, we bought a house, and I had a full time job, and. I could give you every excuse in the world like they usually do. And I just, going to the gym was not a priority for me. Okay. Um, so food was, so I, <laughs> I ate and I gained quite a bit of, not a lot, but um, out of my comfort zone, I guess. And, and so. And we're now at the age where the metabolism that was always there. Exactly. To diminish, right? That's right. <laughs> Where'd that so, go? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I had a friend that was a IFBB fitness pro. If you're familiar with fitness, they do like the backflips and the cartwheels and the this and the that. And but she was built the way I was when I was competing because it's similar body styles. They just do the cool stuff with it. Um, and she was a good friend of mine. Her and her uh, her husband owned a powerhouse gym. And Jack and I were members of the gym. He went more so than I did, but right. um, we had a Christmas party and I was like, man, Angie, the Arnold classic was coming up. So this was in December. And I was like, man, Angie, I just can't get motivated, get back in the gym. What am I going to do? And she's like, do a photo shoot with me and Arnold at the, at the, or in the Ohio at the Arnold classic. And I was like, what? 
here's this girl with all these muscles and she's really lean. And I'm like, well, that's motivation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I went to my husband and I was like, can you write me a diet? Cause I really want to do this. I really want to do this photo shoot with her. Um, so we did. And so for, you know, three months I ate not a, not a cheat, nothing. I followed exactly what he said. I went to the gym every day. I did my cardio just like I was supposed to. And just my body was, though it didn't have that metabolism like it did before, it responded very well okay. to, you know, the consistency. And um, we go to the Arnold. We never did the photo shoot, but I, I saw all these muscle people that, I mean, it was beautiful. I think that muscular physique, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And um, it was really, uh, you know, inspiring. It was really motivational. And um, she, she had said to me after she competed, she's like, you know, you, you should try to compete. And I was like, I don't know, really? She's like, yeah, you should do it. So for three more months, um, we trained to get ready for the show. Jack was familiar with competing because he had competed when he was younger. Okay. Um, so he trained me and he did my diet. And... Um, we tried to find a small show because I didn't want to do it in front of people I knew. I didn't want to do it in front of my friends and family. I kept it on the lowdown, you know. Kind of baby stepping into it. Yes. So this show was in Indiana. I thought, you know what? This is great. It's a different states away. I don't know anybody there. We're just going to do it. It's going to be a small little show. It wound up being a regional show. So it was all states that surrounded Indiana that could okay. come to the show. And, uh, but it, it was good because I actually got third, which was pretty good. Another step in the inspiration block it, right there. Exactly. And that just really puts a fire in your belly to, to do better, you know? And I was like, maybe I might be pretty good at this. Let's, let's see where we can go with it. Um, so then I did, a, I did another show like a month later and then another one a month later. And then it just kind of went from there. Wow. That's amazing. That's that's so awesome to go. Like, what a cycle of, you think about the people falling in place that have changed your life, even not doing the photo shoot. And then, yeah. you know, meeting your husband, getting married, all those things and everything, all the ducks being in the row, you know, it all you, lines up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What would you, what would you say to somebody who has went through similar tragedies? Um, what, what kind of wisdom would you give them to get to overcome and to get where you, where you are and, and what really kept you motivated during the, the rough times? You know, I was so, I had such a great support system. I'm daddy's girl. I'm, and the only girl, I'm the oldest. Um, I'm daddy's girl. And my mom is my best friend. Okay. So no matter what choice I ever made in life, my parents always supported me. Maybe they didn't agree with it, but they right. supported me only if I wasn't obviously putting myself in harm's way. Um, so I had family support. I, I couldn't have asked for a better coach. But we had a hard time because, I mean, we were married. And, you know, I'm supposed to be hot. I'm supposed to be the apple of your eye, blah, blah, blah. And here we are married. And I'm, I feel like if I walked around showing too much skin, he was like evaluating me, you know? So I'm like, what are you looking at? Just yeah. say it. Um, so the support system is a big, big motivational thing. But, um, you know, it's, it's just a personal thing. You know, mm -hmm. I, 
I think you've come to a point in your life where you're just fed up. Yeah. You know, and for all the reasons that you shouldn't be able to do something, you do, yeah. you do it, you know? And I think that that was, that was really the biggest thing. It was my own, just yeah. leaving in myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, that's funny. I was making sure it wasn't my dog. Um, what would you say as far as that guy? I mean, what does, um, I'm sorry, what, what does a workout look like when you're competing for the Olympia? I've seen some of your videos, very intense online. Uh, what, what is, okay, so what's a day look like for Anne when you're com like competing or getting ready for the Olympia or an event? Well, a lot of people have the misconception that if you are in the Olympia or you are a bodybuilder, you don't have a life. You okay. don't do anything but wake up, go to the gym, hang out all day, and eat chicken and rice. When in <laughs> fact, that is the complete opposite. Um, I worked for a dental office. I was an office manager, and I was an office manager for a dentist that didn't even know how to turn the computer on, much less use it. Okay. Um, so I was her right-hand person. So the entire time I competed, I was an office manager. I had a full-time job. So I would wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I would be at the gym at five o'clock when it opened. I would do my hour of cardio or half hour, whatever, depending on how close I was. Um, I would do my cardio. I would come home. I would shower. I would eat my breakfast, take pictures and send them to a, somebody that was looking at me if I needed to. I would go to work. I would work from eight to five or whenever the last patient left. I would then drive 30 minutes to the gym. I would work out. I would come home take care of my husband because first I am a wife before anything else. Sure. You know, I would spend time with my husband and I have a small zoo. So I would visit with my animals, prepare for the next day, go to sleep, do it all again the next day. Um, it just becomes very routine. So the good thing about what you just explained about going through like the, um, your day to day is so many people trying to get, you know, lose weight, trying to get fit, trying to, get into bodybuilding, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, we all make those excuses. And it's yes. very easy to make those excuses. Yes. It, what I love about yeah. what you just said is I didn't make the excuse. I didn't say I was going to not be a good wife. I didn't say I was going to not take care of my animals. I didn't say I wasn't yeah. going to work. I said, well, if I want to do this, here's what I have to do. And here's what my day looks like. Exactly. And, and that is honestly what it is. I mean, it's a priority. It's a choice that you make. I had um, I was speaking with a coach at one point and, and she was speaking to her member or her client and she said to her client, nobody made you do this. Nobody is making you get up to do cardio. Nobody's making you eat chicken and oatmeal. Nobody's making you do this. This is your choice. Right. So don't take out anything that you're irritated with or that you're hungry or you're, you know, irritated in any way out on them because that's your support system. Right. So yes, you can either just be mad and, and not do it or tired. I don't, I'll go tomorrow and put it off. But that just means that end result that you're trying to get to, it gets put out that far, that much further too. Yeah. So not only are you messing up the end result, but also you're, if you take out that irritability on those people, you're starting to put holes in that support system. Absolutely. And, and that's when things start to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how much different is that now compared to, oh. or, or then compared to what it is now with, I mean, I know you have a crazy schedule with judging a gym. I mean, I, you have tons of clients. What well, here's where I'll be completely 
transparent with you. Okay. Um, when I retired, my last year of competing, I uh, kind of touched a little bit on it there in my bio, but um, I actually tore my hip labrum okay. um, just a few months before the 2014 Olympia. I didn't even know. I just, I was horrible at stretching. So I just thought I had a tight IT band. And, you know, I put band-aids on it and I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't get x-rays, anything. I just, you know, treated myself by going to the chiropractor and getting Graston and, and uh, deep tissue massage. And it just progressively was getting worse and worse and worse. And um, as you're continuing to train as well, exactly. right? Yeah. I, yeah. Pressing, you know, 600 pounds on a leg press or, you know, squatting 225 pounds on a squat. Uh, you just push through it. Yeah. Um, it had literally gotten to a point where, um, how your body responds to pain, it just, it's like your mind, it just shuts down. And because the pain in my leg had gotten so bad and with the past injuries of my hips, I mean, I couldn't sleep. I had to take medication to sleep. Um, I, I couldn't sit for a long time because it would just, it was really painful. And, um, it became a second job for me okay. And, and it became a second job that I felt like I had to do. And, and, you know, when it comes to that point, you start to hate what you're doing. A lot and, of your ambition and your love for, for yeah. what you're doing get, get, goes away. And, that, that and that's away. what it was. That's yeah. exactly what it was. So that last year was like, Oh, I have to go to the gym. Oh, I have to eat chicken and rice. Um, and so when I retired, I actually, I didn't just hang up my heels. I sold them, you know, I, I was done. Yeah. Um, and I just did a, a total 180. Um, I wound up having, uh, I went to the gym maybe once a week. If that, I didn't do cardio. I ate the millions of things that I didn't eat for eight years. Yeah. Um, and I went and had the surgery in December and then there was the rehabilitation with that. So I used that as an excuse ah, not to go to the gym. Um, so, you know, I quit working out for probably about two years. Okay. Like all, I did not work out at all and I was running a gym. So I had every opportunity to do so and I just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, until my brother came to me last summer and went through, he's a year younger than me and he went through a, a, a little breakup and he, he has the complete opposite metabolism than I do. He's tall and he's a skinny guy. So he came to me and he says, you know, would you help me? Would you train me and help me put on some muscle? And I was like, well, of course I will. I mean, I've got the facility. If you're willing to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, so he comes and it just took that one time, that one training session. I said, you know, he thinks I, you know, I'm the best thing since sliced bread, you know, with competing and all. And I said, well, how do you feel if I actually started working out with you? And he was like, man, that would be, he was just head over heels with that idea. And so now we work out together Monday through Friday. He gets off work at three o'clock, comes and works out. And not at all with the intensity that it, it was before. Uh, we gab, we crack jokes, you know, um, probably more so than we actually should, but um, that's kind of what a day in the gym looks like for me now. But it's also, you, you can see you smile about it. You have the enjoyment back. Oh yeah. To where you're doing it. You know, there's, there's always different levels. And you know what? That 
the icing on the cake with the whole thing though, no pun intended, um, what has, what my brother has done. I mean, he went from not being able to put any weight on a leg press to being able to put five plates on, 10 plates on each side, you know, 450 pounds, almost 500 pounds doing sets of 10. Wow. Um, and to hear other people say, wow, Trav, you've been working out because he's, you know, got such development since he's been training over the last year. And just his own self-confidence or his own self, you know, confidence is, I mean, that's, that's it in a nutshell for me. Yeah. That's not just great for him. That, what that does to light you up and just get things going and seeing that happen. Absolutely. Transformation right before your eyes is probably just, yep. it's just amazing to see. Definitely. Wow. That's excellent. Um, let's see. What would you say? Um, what would be just a couple more quick things. What would be your best advice to somebody who just cannot get to the gym? They just can't get there. You know, they want to lose weight. You know, they're in a funk. What would be your, your one thing you would tell them? Just get off the couch. Okay. You know, find some stairs, go outside, get a dog, walk a dog. I mean, you know, um, that's all it takes. It's just movement. Yep. That's all it is. It's movement. It's not being lazy. You don't, is a gym good to go to, to get faster, better results? Absolutely. But if you're just trying to get your foot in the door, just get off the couch. Yep. You know, I mean, now with the things that are available on our phones and the apps and the internet and, and YouTube, I mean, there's such, you know, so much information yep. and, and honestly, I mean, it's trial and error with what happens with people, but the, the bottom line is it's just movement. Yep. You know? It's just making better choices of what you're going to eat. You know, you don't have to be a nutritionist to know, you know, what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. Should right. I have a Snickers or should I have a carrot? Yeah. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist for that. Um, it's just making better choices, taking small steps. Small steps lead to big, big lead to miles, miles lead to journeys, yeah. you know? I couldn't agree more. And I love the small steps comment because I always tell people, why don't you just, just take five minutes. If you, if you haven't worked out in 10 years, go walk for just five minutes. Absolutely. And kill you. Do that for three to five days and then increase it to 10. And then, you know, just slowly. And then before you know it, who knows? We had somebody who used to play basketball. That's how he lost, I don't know, it was something like 150 pounds. But he started by playing, he played basketball for five, five minutes. And, of course, was dead, you know, weighing a, yeah. twice as much as you should or whatever it would be. And just started going into it. And it's amazing yep. how six months down the road. Absolutely. Just the basics. Everybody knows how to do a jumping jack. Yeah. Everybody knows how to do a sit-up. Yep. Everybody knows how to do a push-up. I mean, everybody knows how... Everybody sits on the toilet, a squat, yeah. you know, I, it, it's just the basic fundamentals, you know, and even if you do it with bad form, you're still moving. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Is there anything else you would like sure. to add to, to the show or to the magazine? Um, you know, the, the biggest accomplishment other than being on uh, the stage is um, the business that my husband and I have built with our promoting of the bodybuilding shows. Um, there again, it's just amazing to see what we've done as far as providing opportunities for other people to get on stage and to follow their dreams in the bodybuilding. Um, 
I think I touched a little bit on it. When we first, I was still competing in 2010, and we decided that we wanted to promote a bodybuilding show. Um, our first bodybuilding show that we ever did was not a national qualifier. It was for new people only. Um, it did, and we had a pro show with it too. So we had like fitness pros come in um, and we had 50 people. We, we didn't even make, you know, break even on right. that with the venue that you rent and, you know, the judges that you fly in and everything else. We didn't even break even. But to look at where we were 11 years ago to the size of that same show now, I mean, anywhere of 600 athletes will cross the stage. Our one-day show has turned into a two-day show. And next year, um, we are in the works of um, talking with adding powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit, just making it a big expo. So, oh, wow. Absolutely. And, and there again, it just starts with something small. It starts with an idea yeah. and a plan and then implementing the plan and being consistent to the plan. And then your the success of the plan. Yeah. You know, um, that would probably be the only thing else that I would like to. That's excellent. Add. That's good. That's good to hear. And, and, and still sticking with something that you have love and passion for. Absolutely. Continuing to grow. What's the best way for, for people to get a hold of you if they want to talk to you? Um, I'm on Facebook. I like to keep things simple, stupid, yep. for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, it's just Ann to Tony. Uh, my Instagram is just IFBB Ann to Tony. Um, my email is just Ann to Tony at AOL.com. Uh, Gmail is Ann to Tony at Gmail.com. Very simple, stupid. So. And antitony.com is it your actual site, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so they can find you there. Yes. Well, we thank you very, very much, Ann. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Um, well, hoping you. that we can continue to do something like this uh, later on. Sure. Um, wish you and your husband the best of luck and keep doing thank things. You. And uh, I'm Dennis Postuma signing off. And uh, just continue to live to inspire. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you.